What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. Listen today as we show you how to love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cassandra Perkins. This is Behind the Mask. I'm so glad that you're listening in today because we are covering an important topic that needs to be talked about. I love talking about topics that are really behind the mask, and we all wear this mask in life. And when I was coming up with the name for my show, Behind the Mask, we all wear this mask of how we want to be perceived or how we want people to perceive us. And uh, I think it's it's uh, there's not really a place in society, there's not a lot of places, I should say, where we just take that mask off and be transparent and, and talk about the issues in our life and talk about the problems because it's no you know it's no lie that we're all going through these struggles. And we're all going through difficulties and the stigma is that we don't talk about them and we don't discuss them. And the more that we do and make them normal, then then maybe slowly these things will be fixed or they'll slowly start to become normal. We can talk about it, have conversation. That's what I hope for the future. And that's why, uh, you know, I really hope that my show makes a difference um, in, in talking about these things and bringing on people who have stories of transparency and, and honesty to to bring this to a, your attention. in it Because we all go through struggles in our life. And I, I think that's exactly what my guest today, Kirk Samuels, really represents. I'm just so excited to have him on today in our topic is is a sensitive one it's a very sensitive topic to talk about but it's an amazing one and something again that needs to be talked about and if we're not going to talk about it then who who is who's going to talk about it so let me introduce him before we bring him on real quick he is an author a motivator an inspirator and a bona fide porn liberator <laughs> he has inspired others to join him by going into the darkest places of a man's life for the for 30 of the first 40 years of his life, Kirk was addicted to pornography. Numerous relationships suffered as a result. He also lost a military career. For decades, he yearned for something to free him from that trap. And that even at his lowest point in the struggle, he was ready to end his life. At that hopeless point in his, in his existence, he experienced the most significant breakthrough, and he began to piece together information from many different sources to formulate a plan. And, and this is one of my favorite things about Kirk is that he not only because we'll talk about this, uh, you know, more as the show goes on, but people love to bring up the problem and, and love to talk about the problem. But where's the solution? I feel like society does that a lot today where we, t we talk about the problems and we say this, this is a problem, but there's never a solution, a final solution to this. Um, he knew that realizing these things that could be a great benefit for others. So he created a class and a program called Free Indeed. Since 
since that time, many others have duplicated his recipe, allowing them to experience hope and freedom for the first time in their lives. And just that freedom, being able to have that freedom and have this solution is what makes Kirk so amazing and for being so transparent and sharing his story. I'm so blessed to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here, Kirk. Thanks for having me. First and foremost, hi, Mom. Yeah. (laughs) If saying hi to my mom is wrong, I don't want to be right. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Hi to your mom. Is she listening? She is actually back in Washington, D.C. She's at a doctor's appointment, and she's listening at a doctor's appointment. Really? Yeah. Wow, what a dedicated mom. Well, she did it right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you're here to, to talk about these things and share your story, because as we were talking about a little bit before the show, it's so hard to be transparent because here you are having to relive essentially uh, your nightmares every time you talk about it and relive these, these dark times in your life. And, you know, I've experienced the same thing when I talk about my dark times in my life and you just kind of relive that constant sadness that you went through. So it takes, it takes a lot to be able to do that. And I think, um, looking at you I think it's so cool because not only are you being transparent but you're also helping other people by sharing your story so I know it can be difficult sometimes but I want to thank you personally for sharing your story and you know on my show because it's it takes a lot to do that so thank you you're welcome everything you just said actually uh it comes back to courage yeah it's courage to be the first one courage to to say I'm just gonna be real I'm just gonna be honest uh, a couple of friends of mine, you know, we have this little saying, uh, courage, conviction, and consistency. Hmm. And just to be able to do that and, and use that to change the world. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 the way I see it, my uh, openness and transparency, as well as yours and anyone else's, will open the door for someone else to come forward and to be able to say, me too. Hmm. It's a lot easier for someone to say, me too, than to be the first one out there to say, here's my baggage. Right, and, and so for us to for us to put it out there, uh, you know, we could absolutely be the chain breaker for for someone else, and and that's you know that that's key, I believe, and that's that's kind of what I do, and and how we do what we do is first of all we lead in with the fact that we are broken, yeah, we're not perfect, and I'm just a guy, you know, right. we're all just you know we're, we're just guys, but at the same time we're guys with a purpose, and uh, and a calling, and and we just we lead in with that, and uh, and we love it. Wow. And and I think really when you do that, it sets the ground for no judging as well, because the, the judgment's not there. Because here you are laying your heart out on the line and saying, this is what I'm going through. Now tell me your story. And then them being able to say, I'm going through that as well, that me too effect that you're talking about. And it just kind of um, lays out the line that we're all equal and we're all on the same page. And I think pornography is something that certainly affects everybody's life in one sense or another. Uh, it's right in our hands at all times on our phone on our tablets. It's so easy. And something, uh, you know, you said yesterday to me as we were on the phone is that it's free and unlimited. And that just, it blew me away. And uh, realizing that because, uh, you know, you compared it to like cocaine, that you can't get cocaine free and it's not unlimited, but there, here's an addiction that is free and unlimited and it's scary. So would you mind, um, as, as we open up the conversation, would you mind talking a little bit about uh, your story? Um, because here you are going through these dark times and feeling kind of sad. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like during those, you know, those 30 years? Sure. I was, uh, primarily raised by a single mom. Um, and, uh, she, it's not until you get older do you realize what a gift you had when you were young. Yeah. Um, and so she, she raised us. My father actually, 
uh, was a Vietnam vet, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and he was also uh, a raging addict of, in several different ways. And so we had a lot, there was a lot of turmoil growing up. The first time I was introduced to, there's these old relics you may not have heard of. It's called a VHS tape. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, the first time, you know, I had some friends uh, come over and bring this tape and put it in. It was the first time I was exposed to, uh, to, to, to the world of pornography. And from that day on, my, I've never been the same as a person. I would spend the next 30 years addicted to that and, and to pretty much every derivative from that. And it ruined so many things in my life. Uh, pretty much everything I touched, it, it ruined. And at my lowest point, I was sleeping in the back of my car. And one particular night, I was actually doing the math on who would miss me or not if I was alive the next day. Hmm. That was the rock bottom. And at that moment, you know, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom, right? I yeah. mean, sometimes sometimes you got to get to the end of your rope in order for things to, to change. Yeah. And, uh, and from that point on, you know, I, the direction, the focus of my life completely changed. And, um, and, uh, and my mission, and my, that's when I found my purpose. That's when I found the reason why I'm alive, the reason why I made it through everything I made it through. It wasn't for me. It was for someone else. Hmm. And maybe I can just use whatever I have for someone else. I, mean, I always say maybe God can use this broken stick to draw a straight line. Yeah. And, uh, hmm. And I may have a lot of, you know, holes in this vessel, but he can pour out whatever water's left in there. And that's that's been my purpose. And for the last couple of years, um, you know, we've we've been teaching a class and and helping other guys kind of experience, you know, the same things. And, you know, when somebody comes to you and tells you that they were planning on ending their life before you intervened in their life, mm. that will never you can't go back from that. Like you can't undo that. When somebody says I'm alive because of you. I was going to kill myself before that class. That mm. that changes everything. That's a game changer. I mean, that you can't go back. Right. And so it's it's just been extremely, extremely powerful from there. And that's led to other things. It's led to speaking. It's led to uh, going into the the author world and and uh, just all kinds of doors. But it's it's awesome. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit intimidating. Right. Um, the first voice is, "What if you fail?" And then when you say, I don't care, the second voice is, well, what if you succeed? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> what if you end up on the radio here in, in, you know, in Denver? Um, and so but it's awesome. It's, it's a journey. And that's what life should be is a journey. Absolutely. And, and being able to talk about these things and even yourself. I mean, I can't even imagine how that feels to have been at your lowest point and in that dark place. And then to hear that everything was meant to be the way it is. And, and that essentially you your story is, is had to happen in a sense to save other lives. How does that feel for you to know that, you know, you hit this rock bottom and that your story, because I think I think everybody has has those experiences where their story, everyone has a story, no matter what their story is. And that can truly help other people and, and in return can really help yourself as well. Um, for you, what does it feel like to know that you were at your rock bottom and now see this amazing life with this message that you're you're telling and, and being able to talk about and hearing all these stories from other people? Yeah. It's it's the power of a story. It's, I mean, there's is realizing there's tremendous power in that. You know, my favorite book says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And if you have a redemption story, I almost think you're obligated to tell that to someone. Hmm. I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's, I, I liken that to spiritual welfare, if you will. It's like, oh, wait a minute, I received this. Who am I to like hold this in? And, and 
oh, by the way, what could my story do to change someone else's life? Because we always think that we're the only ones. Right. We always think we're the oh, that only we're ones that, and, that go, that right. I'm, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one that has experienced this. I'm the only one that knows what this is like. When in reality, someone else would love to hear your story so they can say me too. And the power of your story can unlock the jail cell for someone else, I believe. And so all of that is just the, the, the absolute power of telling your story. Again, I don't have any initials behind my name. Uh, I'm just a guy. My pain is my platform. And, and, and I think, you know, broken people relate best to broken people. Yeah. And so for us to lead in with the fact that you talked about judgment a little bit ago, I can't judge anybody. I mean, I, I, and I have people have had people call me or text me or reach out to me and say, Oh, I've done this. I've done that. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that's, I don't freak out. Like there's nothing for the most part, anyone could tell me that would, and there's probably a lot that they could tell me that I haven't been there and done myself. Right. But all of that comes back to our story and the absolute power of our story. Our story has the ability to change the world. And that same story over and over again. Uh, I mean, Sylvester Stallone has been telling the same Rocky story since the 70s, yeah. right? <laughs> but the power of a story can inspire the world and can change lives completely. So it's, it's powerful. Wow. And to be able to connect each other. And, mm -hmm. and I love that you say the, the me too. I say that a lot as well. And it's the me too that I, I really think can not only connect people, but can be part of the healing process in a sense to realize that there are other people who are feeling the way you are and to be able to actually physically talk to that person and, and, and be able to uh, share experiences. And that's really part of the healing process and to have someone who essentially is by your side through this. And I, I love that the me too is how we connect. But I really want to talk a little bit more about the healing process and also the solution because there's a lot of a lot of reasons why people should stop. We know that there's the we need to find a solution and you have one and you have found essentially something that worked for you and works for other people. So we do have to take a break. But when we return, we're going to talk to Kirk a little bit about that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And I'm Brian Warnicke, and I've been living with cystic fibrosis for 17 years. Brian, what is cystic fibrosis? Cystic fibrosis is a disease that attacks the digestive system and slowly shuts down the lungs, and it makes the mucus in your lungs more syrupy. So the mucus in everybody else's lungs is very watery, and you clear it by just breathing. The mucus in my lungs is like maple syrup, and I have to do respiratory treatments twice a day, every single day, along with 50 pills. 
pills to control it. Brian, how are you bringing awareness to cystic fibrosis? So I've done a few charity bike rides. Um, I did one a couple years ago that was 1,065 miles over 43 days, 46 cities and eight mountain passes all around Colorado with my beloved dad with me. I'm also a very active advocate in the public speaking community for cystic fibrosis and the music video from One Republic, it's called I Lived, has been just amazing in raising awareness. For more information about cystic fibrosis or about myself, you can go to the Pink Lightning Facebook page or cff.org or pinklightning.org. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins. This is Deputy John Arnold with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Did you know that over 1,006,000 car accidents are caused from texting and driving each year? Also, you have a 23% greater chance of being involved in a motor vehicle accident while texting and driving. If you get a text, it can wait. Pull over to a safe location. Nothing is that important. Don't Don't drive drive while while intoxicated. Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And I'm Justin Kruger, the founder of Project Helping. Now, Justin, I think we can all agree that when we volunteer, it does great things for the community. But what are the benefits for the volunteer? Our mission is to use the joy of purpose that's created by volunteering to improve mental wellness. We create very engaging, social, and easy-to-join volunteer projects to leverage those health benefits. Great. Where can we find more information and get involved? You can visit projecthelping.org, and right on the homepage, there's a Get Involved button. Welcome back, everyone. I am joined with Kirk Samuels right here in studio. He is an author, motivator, inspirator. What is what is he not doing? <laughs> Welcome back. That's a good question, actually. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Sometimes I ask myself that question. Right. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being here. I, I really appreciate you sharing your story and being so open because um, I know that somebody's listening that needs to hear this. I, I really I really believe so that somebody is is needs to hear this. And, and we've been talking to you a little bit about your story. And, and and how it felt to hit rock bottom for you. And, and I think, in a sense, we all have either hit rock bottom or have been pretty close. But the great thing about hitting rock bottom is you can't go any further and you can only go up from there. And I, I think uh, once we start to see the light and start to, you know, find our, our way, that we can really develop our stories and, and through that make connections. And, and for you, you have essentially found a solution um, that worked for you with, with your story and, and something where you were able to take your uh, solution that worked for you and then give it to other people and say, this is what worked for me and I think this can work for you too. And, and I love that you're talking about the solution because mm-hmm. we, we want to be a part of the solution and, and not just talk about the problems, correct? Right. Uh, you know, what part of my frustration over the years has been, I'll say frustration to put it lightly, um, has been there's no shortage of people that say you should just stop. Duh. Yeah. I would if I could. Uh, But 
Uh, and, and so that kind of leads to frustration, which actually kind of pushes you further into the cave or closet, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so that was that was always just a source of frustration that and I had spent, I don't know how many times on the floor of the Pepsi Center, wherever I was crying at this conference and just, you know, hoping and praying and, you know, and just kind of living in that in that in between that rock in that hard place in that valley. And I never had anyone tell me how. And that's the thing. I mean, and especially for a guy, I'm a guy, right? So tell me how. I mean, you know, the what I don't have a problem with, the the why I don't have a problem with, but the how is what I don't get. And if you can if you can give me a how, then maybe I can see that there's possibility, that there's that there's a way. And so I actually, you know, first of all, I had to come to grips that personally I had an addiction, and in that context, I I went searching. I went searching for what the professional brain people had to say about my neurology, mm. what the professional medical people had to say about my physiology, and what the professional spiritual people, what the professional Christians had to say about my theology. And my, in the mind, body, and spirit of who I am, I realized that they were all saying a lot of the same things in terms of how to address this this addiction that I had in my life, or an addiction that I had in my life. And, and I realized the overlap where all of them overlapped, there were actually to-dos that I could do um, in there. And so when I started to do those things, I realized for the first time in my life, in my memorable life anyway, something that felt kind of like this thing I heard about named freedom. Hmm. And, you know, there's all kinds of drugs out there, pornography being one of them, but freedom is the ultimate drug. Yeah. I mean, you know, this country is founded on the nation, uh, the notion of freedom. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, we, I mean, freedom is powerful and freedom can absolutely change your life. And so when I started to feel that, that's when I realized, okay, freedom brought power to my life now. Now all of a sudden I have power over my choices, power over my actions, power over my my body and power over my mind and, and all these different things. And, and it all came down to the to-dos. It all came down to the pretty simple things that that I could implement into my life, which effectively effectively changed the direction of my life and gave me a new lifestyle, new habits, and something positive to focus on, strengthening my mind, strengthening my body, and strengthening my my spirit, essentially daily. Just little things. It's I right. call it kaizen. It's like small, measurable change projected out over time. Hmm. You know, you can lose sixty pounds in a month. How long is it going to be until you gain 90, right? I mean, drastic change is generally not sustainable. Right. But small measurable change is, and it's powerful. And over the last year and a half alone, I've lost 50 pounds, and I'm not trying to lose weight. Wow. Um, I mean, and here I am on your radio show. <laughs> I mean, and it all just comes from just these small measurable changes in my life. And, and that's what we teach in class. We teach the solution, not the problem. I don't like to focus on the problem. Quite honestly, there's enough people out there focusing on the problem. You don't need another one. I want to focus on the solution. Hmm. And it's not easy. I mean, right. no, it's not. Right. There's no way you can... If there was a simple solution right. that was, <laughs> then exactly. everything would be solved. Exactly. You can't struggle with something for 30 years and then all of a sudden, you know, be done. But it's possible, though. Right. It's possible. Right. right. So I think that the struggle for a lot of people is, is getting out of that essential, like, first rut. That uh, Trying to get out of that first, uh, you know, having to get the motivation to even admit that it's an addiction. For you, how, how did you find that? That getting out of that rut, essentially? I got to the end of my rope. Hmm. And I say that sometimes the end of your rope is the beginning of your fuse. 
and that fuse lit, and then it was an explosion at that point. But I had to get to the end of my rope. And so sometimes it does take for someone to hit rock bottom. But, and that's a lot of times when it's easiest to kind of wake up and say, wait a minute. I mean, you know, it's the prodigal son kind of story. What am I doing in this, you know, in this pig pen? And sometimes you have to hit that point before you can actually realize where am I? I'm not where I want to be, hmm. you know, and, and I need to make some effective change in my life. And it doesn't always have to come to that. Ideally, it shouldn't. Ideally, right. you know, ideally before you hit that point, because that's not fun hitting rock bottom. No. <laughs> you know, no one wants to hit rock bottom. I mean, it, it kind of makes for a great story in the end, but it's not fun when you go through those rock bottom experiences. But for me, it, it came through hitting that rock bottom and just realizing I'm not going to live much longer if I don't change my life. Wow. And and to realize that and look at that and then bring that to others' attention, I, I think, again, talking about it and discussing these things really can change somebody's mind just talking about it because, mm-hmm. again, there isn't enough people talking about it or talking about it in, in, in a solution kind of way, in the problematic way. And it's as if, you know, I love that you point out when someone says just stop, you know, that can almost make someone feel even worse. And, and it's almost like when people say that suicide is selfish or that depression, you should just get over it. And it just it doesn't work like that and it just kind of makes someone feel even worse in that sense uh, I, I you know i, I want to reach people and, and have people be able to understand and, and be able to comprehend these things and uh, when they look at their stories know that there this isn't the end of their story there's only a new beginning and there's only healing ahead and i i, I want people to be able to see that because there's so much darkness i, I think when people go through these, these experiences do you agree absolutely there is hope yeah. There is hope, in, and I am living proof that there is hope. And there are other guys that I know directly that have said, man, this has shown me that there is hope, hmm. that I would never have expected to see this in my life. There is absolutely hope. It's not, it's not over. This has been a bully on the playground that has been intimidating all of us. Right. But when we all surround this bully and say, nah, maybe you're not as strong as we thought you were, I mean, we we have the solution. There's absolutely hope. Wow. And I I think hope is so vital today. And once we get that little ounce of hope and that shred of hope that it can truly inspire someone to do amazing things and to to begin the healing process. And I don't think anyone's ever fully recovered. And I don't think anyone's ever fully perfect and everything's just happy, cheery. And and I think people have to prepare for that too and keep that in the back of their head is that it's not going to be all, you know, walking through a field of flowers. It's difficult. and, And that's important to point out. But I think you are doing so many amazing things. You know, you're talking out about it you're you're you know doing motivational speaking you're doing amazing things and you also have the solution you're doing awesome classes and I want people to be able to find these resources if they are struggling and and say this is a place where they can get help so would you mind throwing out your website or where people can find help absolutely uh the the class is called free indeed the website is free indeed the number 36.com um and, and there, there's information on the class. There's information, I mean, specific information on the class. You can sign up for the class. There's information about me, kind of my story. Uh, I mean, there, there's a bunch of resources resources right on the website. But that's, and obviously you can contact me through, through the website as well. But uh, that's probably the easiest way. 
and to be able to even have a place where they can go and, and say this is a place where you can you know feel like you're not going to be judged and, and and there's no judgment and also be able to say this is where i can find resources and find a solution because people crave solutions and and you know if there was a, a, a you know solution to all of our problems we would want it we would want to have that solution because no one wants to feel this way and then that's why i think what you're doing and the way you're speaking out is so incredible and thank you for doing that because it's it's so needed in today's society i want you guys to be able to find more about kirk as well as myself and, and my other guests as, as well i have so many amazing guests talking about amazing things please go check out my website you can go to cassandraperkinsradio.com and also hit me up on facebook cassandra perkins we'll be right back Sandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. I'm Alex Sheen, founder of Because I Said I Would. Alex, why are promises so important to humanity? You know, a lot of people don't think about broken promises as a humanitarian issue, but it really is one. Think about the people who you might know who say things like, I'll quit smoking, I'll lose weight, I'm going to volunteer more, but then nothing. You know, nothing about this downward slide about our culture and keeping promises, nothing about that is going to change unless there's something to change it. And that is what we are. Because I said I would as a social movement and nonprofit organization dedicated to the betterment of humanity through promises made and kept. We cannot make the world better if we can't keep our promises to make it better. I encourage people to check out because I said I would.com or Facebook.com slash because I said I would to learn more about our nonprofit and humanitarian effort. Hi, I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Brian Jackson, inspirational speaker and HIV survivor. When I was 11 months old, my father intentionally injected me with HIV. By the age of six, I was sent home from the hospital to die. Not supposed to see the age of seven. Here I am today with full forgiveness and heart and full hope in life. Brian, why is hope vital for our life? You see, in life, we're going to go through different challenges and different storms, and we're just not going to be sure which way is out and which way is up and which way is down, and therefore, we have to be guided by hope. In life, we come into this world being kid and taking baby steps, the one step at a time. Before you know it, we have to take leaps of faith, and that is hope, and hope is vital. To find out more information about my story and how I can come speak at your next event, visit brianjackson.com. That's B-R-R-Y-A-N, Jackson, J-A-C-K-S-O-N, dot com. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And this is Mark Merrill with Champion of Choices. Major depression affects more than 120 million people around the world. 
suicide is now the second leading cause of death with students ages 10 through 24. Like my good friend Mark says, happiness is the key to success, and we all have that choice to make in life. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so reach out to those around you and be the voice. We become who we surround ourselves with. Your friends, they're like elevators. They're either going to take you up or they're going to take you down. Find out more information at ThinkPods. That's P-O-Z dot org. ThinkPods.org. Yo, we're just there for do it and do life. Make you see me? I gotta slow down. Stop for a second, take a look around. And I gotta take time to hear that little voice inside. Saying I came to give you life. Suspend your wings and fly. I gotta see great to share. You are enough to change the atmosphere. So go into life. Big. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Behind the Mask. I'm Cassandra Perkins, and I am joined in studio with Kirk Samuels. He is doing so many amazing things. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Best day ever. BDE. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about who he is if you're just tuning in. He is an author, a motivator, an inspirator, and a bonafide (laughs) um, porn liberator. He has inspired others to join him by going into the uh, darkest places of a man's life. Uh, for for, For 30 of the first 40 years of his life, he was addicted to pornography, and numerous relationships suffered as a result. He also had a loss of military career, and, and for decades he yearned for something uh, to, to free him from this, essentially. And he was at this point where he was so hopeless, he was considering ending his life just in this dark place, and he found the most amazing breakthrough, um, and he began to piece together information from other sources as well that, that really pulled him out of this darkness. And now he's taking this, and he's doing his own amazing things and he's out there uh doing a lot and he's he's formulating his own classes and talking to everybody about this which is what we need because sadly it affects everybody and that goes for adults and also kids today Mm -hmm. and that's scary but it's true and i think uh what's so what the stigma is about this is people um as i was telling you on the phone uh, yesterday that when i was talking about bullying nobody was nobody was talking about this and they wanted to close their eyes and close their ears and that if you can't see and you can't hear it it doesn't exist and i feel like that's exactly how people treat pornography is that oh just we're gonna avoid it and it doesn't exist but if we don't talk about it then kids are gonna find it they're not gonna be able to it's like giving a kid a car without teaching them how to drive it just doesn't make any sense um you you know we want to be able to inform them and educate them and, and talk to them about these things so that when it does come up and when things do happen because things will happen um that they can talk to you about it and be able to talk um openly about it and then again just get rid of the stigma today correct yeah, I I actually <laughs> I kind of go a little bit far with that uh, with that whole notion of not talking about it, and I think we're getting to the point now where silence is consent. Hmm. By not talking about it, especially when we know that it's a problem in our culture and our society, nearly sixty percent of all divorces involve someone with a porn problem. That's a lot, and that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem, right? I mean, and, and, you know, and that alone, that one statistic alone affects everyone. I mean, when, in terms of you know, whether you know someone or they, I mean, that affects all of us. Right. But to not talk about it, and when we know it's a problem, that gives it power. That gives it the, 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 
the 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 uh, the tremendous influence, the negative influence that it has in our society is by not talking about it. It's one of the last taboo topics. If you go into a restaurant, and I do this sometimes, and and um, it's actually pretty funny. If you're at a table and just kind of randomly just say the word pornography, and watch how many people around you will turn and look. I mean, not like loud or not, you know, but just say the word. And I mean, it's one of the things that people will just turn and look because it's ta- it's really taboo and mm-hmm. we don't talk about it. Part of the reason we don't talk about it is because of the pain that that we associated with it in our personal lives or in our marriages or in our homes or things like that. But um, but either way, it's one of the last taboo topics in our in our culture, and our society. We're pretty open to talk about almost anything else in schools, wherever, um, at, at, at Starbucks, wherever we are, we're, we're pretty open to talk about these a lot of things, but not quite this one. But talking about it is absolutely huge. Yeah, and that's why we we need to do this, and we need to put it out there because people do people need to hear this message. They really do. I know there's people listening who need to hear this message and need this little hope and encouragement of saying, "Oh wow, this is this is okay. I can I can recover from this. This is you know I'm not alone." And that's so important. Um, I think also it's important to talk about that this is really a drug in a sense, and it's addictive, and it's it's really like cocaine mm-hmm. in in a sense, and and all these other drugs. Would you mind talking about why it's so addictive? and why it's like a drug? Yeah, I think the misconception um, is that it's essentially just kind of a, a uh, recreational habit. I mean, it's one of those, it's like watching football. You know, well, you should just be able to stop. I mean, just turn that off. I mean, just stop. And in reality, the same drugs, the same chemicals that are involved with cocaine use, that are involved with heroin use, are also involved with pornography use. Uh, the same exact chemicals, the same exact drugs that, that, that are involved in those. So it is a chemical addiction. The person that cannot stop consuming pornography is addicted to multiple things that they get from pornography. And not only that, but they get it in free and unlimited quantities. Right. <laughs> and it is in all of our pockets 24 hours right. a day. Right. I mean, we have broadband internet. We have 4G LTE cell phones. Right. Uh, you know, and the next generation of cell phones now, they're introducing the virtual reality headsets and that sort of stuff. And and again, it's free and unlimited. Yeah. You think about that. What else in our in our world is free and unlimited? Maybe air? Yeah. So, and even then, maybe not. So what happens if you tell somebody, just stop breathing? Right. Just stop doing that air thing. Just stop. How? I mean, yeah. is it really that easy? But so, yeah, I mean, in terms of the the chemistry that's involved, it's the same exact chemistry that's involved. And so that's where we that's where we have our niche with Free Indeed is because we tell people how to get those same chemicals, get that same that same uh, reaction, if you will, in your body and in your brain, but naturally and in good ways and to strengthen yourself still getting those things. But in ways that's not going to tear you down, that's not going to ruin your life. It's actually going to make you better. Wow. I think it's important to point out that, uh, you know, when people say things like, you know, just stop, that maybe someone doesn't realize what they're saying in that. And either they're just trying to help or they don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very sticky situation because people want to help and they and they somewhat understand, but they don't know how. They don't know the things to say. And uh, so you have your book, which is for your eyes only. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were just talking about, you know, divorced 
uh, couples and in mm-hmm. relationships. And really, it's it's a struggle because people don't know how to deal with it. People don't know how to cope with it. Um, and it can destroy lives and destroy mm-hmm. as you were, you know, your life as well as, you know, you were an example of how it can just really debilitate you. And, and that's a, a struggle. And people want to help and, and wives want to be there or, or the other way around. Husbands want to be there, whatever the case is. Um, but they just don't necessarily know how or the right steps to take. So would you mind talking about, because you talk about this in your, your book, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I In my book, I actually personify pornography and I call her a mistress. I speak to it from a male a male perspective consuming a female consumed pornography, if that makes any sense. Um, and so I call her a mistress and I call her an IP mistress, IP being internet protocol. And in that context, I make her a person in the home, in the family and in a relationship. And and anyone that has had pornography take over their home can relate to the fact that there is a person, an entity there. She has her own room. She gets her own time. And and she is very real. And so I personify that. And, and I actually lay out what she does that no one else can do. And even some things that, that God doesn't even do for the guy. So when people say, well, you're married, you should just be able to stop. Well, really? Because I knew her before I knew my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for the guy that started just started looking at porn when he was eight or nine years old, she is the wife of his youth. Well, you should just be able to stop because because you're a Christian, really, because I knew her before I knew God, before I was saved and knew what sin was. My sin thermometer was calibrated before I even before I even knew what what sin was. So maybe it's not just that easy. So anyhow, I personify her and I lay out the six things that she does and I call them my six V's the six things that she does that that no one else can do and again she does it for free and unlimited um and uh and, and those things are are extremely powerful in his life and and they're available 24 hours a day seven days a week wow and that's that's scary that's a scary yeah. thing to look at so as as somebody on the sideline how do we be there for somebody how do we you know what are the proper steps to take as a kind of an outsider what can we do I think we have to talk. We have to talk about it. And first and foremost, the onus or the responsibility is not on the people around the consumer. The onus or the responsibility is on the consumer. So I'd never mean to take the responsibility off that person because we all have a prefrontal cortex in the front of our brain, which, which, you know, God gave us to give us the power of choice. We all have the power to choose. Now, sometimes it's harder to choose because the other part of our brain is a lot stronger. Uh, but um, but we have that power of choice. And so that person must choose and, and, and has the power. And again, I'm speaking from the perspective of I can teach you how. Right. <laughs> right? So in my mind, you know, in, in my mind, I know it's possible and I know how to. I can't do it for you. I can give you the recipe and I can tell you exactly what to do. We even have an app. We are the only score based behavioral adaptive therapy specifically targeting porn use anywhere there is no competition right so so that's the perspective i speak from so when i say i know it's possible to and i can show you how that's why i say the the onus or responsibility to you and oh by the way we're going to do it with you and we're doing this together Hmm. so the onus or responsibility is on the consumer but at the same time the, the people around that consumer they can help most by First and foremost, just talking about it, just making it safe to talk about. Right. And, and understanding is my thing. We, you know, we want to we want to get him help. We want to get him to counseling. We want to get him to church. We want to get him saved. We want to get even. We want to get we want to get we want to get 
get him to stop? What if we just got understanding? Again, it's written somewhere that of all of our getting, let's get understanding. And so what if we just got understanding and we addressed him not through his medication, but through his pain? Because pornography, just like every other drug, is a medication. And so if we look at the fact that, okay, he's medicating something, what if we go into what he's medicating and deal with that first and foremost? Then we can address that. I can help somebody with a medication. I can teach you how to medicate in a good way. I can't teach you how to medicate or I can't take away the pain. And that's why we also partner and look to partner with counselors and ministries and that sort of thing as well. um, And other organizations and to, to help people deal with the pain, we can deal with a medication. That's what we're good at. That's our niche. But to help people deal with that, that pain, that's, that's, that's the key. That's the big Wow. And to be able to, to face that pain and even talk about that pain is is difficult. And Mm -hmm. again, it's that being transparent. That's so hard. But I I really think once you do bring it up and start talking about it, that it's, it's a healing process and the healing process will begin and then things, you know, will start to look up. And again, there will be bumps in the road. There will be difficulties Mm -hmm. that it's not smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, once we realize that and point that out, that it's, it's, you know, it's important to look at that and, and realize that yeah. because, you know, in our life and, and in everything that we're struggling with, we're always going through struggles. Mm-hmm. We're always going through difficulties mm-hmm. and we're always going to in a sense. Mm-hmm. But um, once you relate to other people and, and find this light, I think mm-hmm. the everything really starts to take off mm-hmm. and you, you begin to form your story, whatever your story is in your life. I, I tell people that freedom is not abstinence. Freedom is not quitting. Hmm. If you don't quit, that's all it takes is I'm going to do that. I'll die before I quit. And, and when you get to that point, you've achieved freedom. I mean, at that point, you know, it, it's, a, it's irrelevant. I'm willing to fail seven times if I think I might get it on that eighth time. Hmm. And so freedom is not, um, uh, is not just abstinence. I'm going to stop. Freedom is not quitting along the path or along the journey. Wow. I love that. I love that you point that out. And another thing is that, uh, you know, pornography doesn't only affect adults in today's world. It also affects teens mm-hmm. and kids. And that's important to talk about. And you have an awesome class coming up about it actually tonight. So <laughs> we're going to talk about that real quick. We're going to take a break. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Kirk Samuels. I'm Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And I'm Jimmy Graham, Director of Active Shooter Response Training Center. Between 2000 and 2013, an average of 11.4 active shooter incidents occurred annually. And according to the FBI, active shooter incidents are on the rise, and the majority of them occur in the workplace. Tell us a little bit about your background, Jimmy. I spent a little over 15 years in the U.S. Navy SEAL teams as an operating instructor, and then I also uh, worked for the federal government, training protective officers and deploying overseas. And now what are you doing to help educate and prepare others? At ASRTC, we're training individuals in the work place to protect themselves and those in their care. I love your motto. Would you mind sharing with my listeners what it is? Not at all. We have a motto of faith, not fear, and perception, not paranoia. To learn more, contact us at asrtrainingcenter.com. 
Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And I'm Gary Barnes, the Breakthrough Business Mastery Coach. Gary, you are so incredible. And I think in society, we have been taught that adversity is a bad thing. And you have been through a lot of adversity in your life. You've had to go through that in your own life. How do you relate to adversity? You know, the first thing, Cassandra, is that it's normal. And we don't have a good explanation about why it happens. And we want to know the why. And normally, we are not going to know why. But the decision point is, as it happens, now what do we do with it? And it revolves around vision. My definition of vision is going into your future to where you can see it, taste it, and feel it. And it's so real that you bring it back, and now you've created a personal deja vu to where now you're being pulled towards that vision. It's not so much about what is happening to you presently, but where you're going. And so it doesn't take away, it doesn't make that hurt, that adversity that you're going through feel any better. But it helps us to take that next step. And it's really about following the step after step after step. Those tiny little steps that you got to take. I love it. And I love your your outlook on things, Gary. It's so amazing. And to learn more about him, learn more about his programs, go visit his website, GaryBarnesInternational.com. Hello, this is Cassandra Perkins, host of Behind the Mask. And Scott Glazer, executive director for NAMI Colorado. 250,000 plus people suffer from mental illnesses right here in Colorado. These illnesses include depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive disorder, and others. If you think you may be suffering from these conditions, know that you are not alone. You can find resources and help at namicolorado.org and nami.org to find screening tools and ideas for how to work with a mental illness. Welcome back, everyone. I'm joined right here in studio with Kirk Kirk uh, Samuels. He's doing so many amazing things in today's world and being open and transparent and talking about today's issues, but not only talking about the issues, talking about the solution and being part of the solution. Kirk, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. It's great. This has been a great show and I can't believe it's almost over. Like, we, we could talk forever about these mm-hmm. things and, and uh, you know, if people want to hear more, you have an event coming up really, really soon. <laughs> Actually in a matter of hours and time. It is, I know. But, uh, crazy, crazy. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about is how pornography really does uh, impact a lot of adult lives but it's right here in my hands right Mm -hmm. now on my phone you know it's right here it's limited access to it unlimited free and it's on you know on everybody's phones and that's a scary thing because you know as kids are getting younger technologies you know you see you know, you see babies on iPads. It gets technology is definitely being introduced uh, to kids at such a young age, and to be able to search something up on Google is is not hard to do now. So, how do we, you know, to answer the big question, how do we talk to teens um, about pornography? The again, short answer is you talk to them. Yeah. Um. You 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 talk to them. I'm pretty open with with mine with my kids, and but it all starts with talking to them because yeah, teens are the front lines of the battle they i mean this is generally speaking the first generation to grow up with again unlimited amounts of a drug in their hands and a lot of them are given smartphones in elementary school right and even if your young person doesn't have one i guarantee you their friend does 
Now, what if they were passing around Jack Daniels in the lunchroom? Would mom have a problem with that? Yeah. What if they were passing around anything bad in the I mean, on the recess on, on the playground? There would be a problem with that. But quite honestly, you know, none of those substances are even legal to bring onto school campus. But there is no law saying you can't bring pornography onto a school campus in terms of just on your cell phone. And, and I know someone who their their son's first exposure was on a school computer. Mm. <laughs> where there's supposed to be firewalls and that sort of thing but but that doesn't it, it didn't exist and so yeah they're being exposed early very early way before their brains are even able to even, comprehend it even developed yet right. to be able to know right and wrong they're being exposed not only just exposed but exposed to the most intense types of pornography that are available around the world Mm-hmm. And they're being exposed for free and in unlimited amounts. And so they are absolutely the front lines of the battle. And we have to we have to be able to talk with them about these topics. Right. I always say if your young person can talk to you about pornography, they can talk to you about anything. Right. Including including the day they start to get suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Including the peer pressures, including the bullying, all these other issues that we want them to talk to us about. If they can talk to you about that. They can talk to you about anything. And and that's what parents want. Parents want their, they're always like, I hear all, all the time in media and online, how do I get my kid to talk to me? How do I get my kid to talk to me? Just let them vent, let them talk and don't try to fix their problems or react. Just let them vent and let them talk because uh, in the end, that they're going to come to you when there's things like suicidal mm-hmm. thoughts, when mm-hmm. there's things like pornography in the picture. And, uh, and now, you know, my mom was talking during the break about pointing out how, um, you know, I did a lot about cyber safety um, uh, for a while and really I would get a lot of things from moms and from dads who would say oh I'm just not going to get my kid a phone my kid's not going to have that not until they're 18 years old and it's like okay if that's your choice I understand that but at the same time they're going to find a way Mm -hmm. they're going to find a way to get online whether it is at school or whether it is on their friend's phone and and if your kid was watching pornography or or being exposed to an online predator or something like that wouldn't you like to know about it and of course their answer is always yes then you know you gotta you gotta educate and and be able to have the conversation because once you open that up and have that conversation then you can talk to your child and be there for your child instead of just holding them back from it and so I I love that you're pointing that out that literally how to talk to teens about pornography just talk about it and I think parents feel like it's so awkward and it's Mm -hmm. it's weird and it's different and and it's true it is weird and different but that's why we need to talk about it because Mm -hmm. it is so different and so scary that it needs to be brought up so tell me a little bit about this this class you got going yeah and the funny thing is it's not that the it's not that the kids are isolated it's that the parents are isolated yeah the kids are exposed to everything right everything that there is in our culture and our society well i like to say that we're the we're the digital natives and and they're the immigrants right 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 right. and so from a parent perspective i think a lot of the hesitation comes in well i don't know what to talk about i don't know how to bring it up and and that's a good thing if a parent doesn't know the ins and outs of the of the, the right. porn world. Right. I mean, that's not right. a bad thing. Right. But at the same time, it's kind of intimidating not to. And so, and so, yeah. Tonight we are actually um, we're we're holding a seminar down at uh, at Parker Hospital, and you know I like to keep it pretty straightforward. So I called it "How to Talk to Teens About Today's Internet Pornography," mm-hmm. and uh, and that's exactly what we're doing. We are just showing and teaching parents how to. Talk to kids about what's going on, and to to be able to open those doors because not only do the kid do the parents want to talk, the kids want to talk too. I mean, the kids are I mean they're being bombarded with this stuff and they don't know what's going on. They don't know 
they can't understand this, especially like a, like a parent could. And so the, the, the kids want to be able to talk about it. They just don't know how as well. So who should come to the event? Should teens come or should parents come? Who is the target audience to come? Yes. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All of I the mean, above. Adults, teens. I mean, I mean anyone. And that's a great way in... to bring your teen and ta- have the conversation is yes. to bring them to something like yes. this. Yes. I am very good at talking about it. And uh, and I, mean, I will absolutely open the door for that conversation to, to happen between the two and in your household, in your in your church, in your counseling practice, in whatever. But the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So how do people get there? Where, where do they go? It's, uh, it's actually tonight. It's at 6 p.m. I would recommend getting there early um, at Parker Hospital. Uh, it's in the Inspiration Conference Room. And basically, you can just show up. I'm actually partnering with a anti-human trafficking organization called Momentum Global because wow. we're bringing that up as well in terms of, in, in terms of you know, pornography creates a demand. Yeah. It creates a demand that other things supply if you will. Right. And one of those things that's being supplied is human trafficking. Right. And, and so we're actually looping that into the conversation too. So you almost wow. get a two for one. Wow. You get to cross two bridges, you know, with, with your teen. And, and so, yeah, I mean, essentially just show up and, and uh, be there and be ready to we, listen. We're even having food. Wow. Wow. <laughs> last. Free food. Wow. So free conversation and free, and free food. food. Can't wow. beat that. Uh, My favorite price is free. Essentially. Free indeed. And I think uh, it's so amazing how you're coming out and talking about these things and, and you're being open. But if you guys are listening to this on replay and still want to get involved, I mean, this isn't the only time you're going to be doing this event. So would you mind throwing out your website and where people can get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully this will not be. And I'd be willing to do it wherever and whenever. And if there's tremendous demand for tonight, I'll do it again. But uh, Again, the website is freeindeed36.com. Email address, uh, if if you want to have it again, RSVP, the letters RSVP at freeindeed36.com. You can email me and I'll uh, we'll make it happen. Wow. We're doing this tonight just out of a response from a question that somebody came up with a couple weeks ago of, hey, my parents need to know how to do this, but we can do that. Yeah, we can do so that. So we'll be willing to, we're too crazy to say no. Well, I love how in society people always say, see a demand, fill it. And that's exactly you what go. you're doing. Kirk Samuels, thank you so much for Absolutely. being on the show today and, and sharing your heart and your, and you know, your passion for wanting to help other people mm-hmm. because we need more people like that in today's world. I really think we do. So thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Thanks for it. the courage to, to cross the bridge and to have the conversation and pull down the mask. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Let me pray out. Lord, thank you so much for an amazing show and and giving me personally the ability to do this every week and and to get out of bed and hear stories of encouragement and hope. Uh, We pray for people like Kirk, you know, who who is coming out about this story that he had, this rock bottom that he hit. We know ultimately, Lord, it was a a message and and something he had to go through to help other people. And we see that today. We hope that we can inspire others and show them that they have a story as well. Thank you so much, Lord, for people like Jorge and my family for supporting and being there for others and also real quick i want to say a quick prayer for larry Lindsay, who is a friend of mine in the hospital right now uh, who really needs some prayer so please pray for him if you guys are listening lord thank you so much for your amazing ability to love us and love us flawlessly amen thank you guys so much for listening be sure to go to my website cassandraperkinsradio.com remember love god love people and impact the world for christ Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. To reach Cassandra or to learn more about her ministry and work, visit CassandraPerkinsRadio.com or look her up on Facebook. She said it's going to be all right. Be all right. Cause God-
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.